Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. Hello and welcome to the April edition of First Look ETF. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. It is great to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, the ETF industry hits a major milestone this month with the 20th anniversary of the first factor investing ETF. Also coming up, we'll examine recently launched active ETFs from Cambiar Investors and Summit Global Investments. And commodities have been lifted by higher inflation. We'll tell you about a pair of new ETFs investing in the agricultural market. But before we go any further, let's get a quick recap of the latest ETF launches. We've got Douglas Jonas joining us from the New York Stock Exchange. Hi, Douglas. It's great to see you. Hey, Stephanie. It's good to see you as well. All right, let's start out with the latest launch activity. What are things looking like? Yeah, I mean, look, things just do not slow down in the ETF industry. Year to date, we've launched over 90 brand new ETFs, raising $4.5 billion in new net cash flow, again, amongst not so great market trends. And some of those activity pieces that we continue to talk about month over month, they they remain, right? Uh, Active ETFs continue to to dominate launches, about 60% of all ETFs so far. Uh, We're seeing growth in ESG. And then, of course, the items we'll talk about in this show, uh, commodities, alternative investments, right? All the different places advisors and investors are looking to sort of park their funds as we're going through some pretty turbulent markets. Yeah, you and you guys also are celebrating some milestones there when it comes to ETFs. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, January kicked the whole thing off. SPY turned 30 in the beginning of, of the year this year. Who would have thought 30 years ago we'd have over 3,100 ETFs listed here in the U.S.? Not me, but that growth rate is only increasing, not slowing down. You'll see it and hear about it in a lot of the newest reports. In fact, we have a webinar coming up with BBH talking about their global ETF survey. I invite you and all the listeners to dial in later this month. So we're only seeing growth accelerate, and it's the result of everything we're seeing in the industry, all culminating with ETFs, and of course, really innovative and very interesting strategies being wrapped in ETFs, and a lot of those are gonna come forth in this month's show. Yeah, absolutely. You guys also have another anniversary of the first factor-based ETF. That's the Invesco S&P 500 Equal Weight ETF, that ticker RSP. Can you tell us about that? And factor investing, you know, it's come a long way since then. 
Yeah, I mean, RSP turns 20 May 1st. We're actually celebrating. If you want, dial in live. We're doing the closing bell with Invesco to celebrate that 20-year anniversary. I mean, wow, that ETF in 20 years has raised $34 billion in assets under management, almost a billion dollars year to date alone. And you can learn a lot about RSP and all the ETFs we're going to talk about today at our website, ETFcentral.com. Very easy to find out. The reality is these milestones are important. We look backwards and we say, where did we come from? But it's really where we're headed as a result of the success of the funds like RSP that brings you the fantastic products that are now coming out today. Investors are looking for unique ideas. They're looking for really innovative strategies and they're looking for it in the ETF wrapper. Fantastic. So much to celebrate. Thank you, Douglas Jonas. It's always great to see you from the NYSE. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. And just a quick reminder that you can now watch First Look ETF on Amazon Fire TV and Roku, so be sure to check us out there. Also, we simulcast First Look ETF on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other major podcasting platforms, so don't miss it. The heyday of meme stocks and other speculative investments with lots of sizzle but no stake currently on pause. So what's changed? Investors are asking more questions, and they're also demanding solid corporate fundamentals from the stocks they invest in. Well, here to discuss a new actively managed ETF with a multi-factor investment approach to how it screens companies is David Hardin, CEO and CIO with Summit Global Investments. Hi, David. It's great to see you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So before we talk about your new active ETF, managing risk and volatility are certainly important cornerstones of your firm's investment philosophy. Why is this so crucial in today's market environment? Well, I think one of the big things that we've, we've learned over the last 30 years is that one of the ways that you make money in stocks and in investing is by not losing, right? So the more that you can protect your downside, the reality is, is that you tend to have more money there when the upside runs. So think of a tide coming in. It raises all the boats pretty much together. But if your boat has a hole in it, you're, you're, you're a loser. And so this is what you want to avoid is losses in your portfolio. So managing risk is very, very important. And now with all of the risk, people are talking about the Federal Reserve. They're talking about inflation. You're seeing uh, risk with Ukraine and geopolitical risk and North Korea risk. These things have more people concerned. And when they it heightens their awareness. And what we found is the more they understand what risks are in their portfolio, the better their portfolio will perform for them and do as they expect. So I think that's the key is managing your downside risk. It's probably more important than managing your upside return. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that analogy. So your firm has expanded into the ETF market with the launch of the SGI US large cap core ETF. And that ticker is SGLC. What is the fund's investment approach and what are some of its top holdings? Well, we're super excited about this fund and being able to launch it at this time. The reality, as I mentioned, there is a lot of uh, worriness and almost anyone that you talk to, they don't see really clear skies ahead, you know, pedal to the metal. Let's just go out there and, and, and go for broke. Most people see cloudy skies. They see, some see really turbulent times ahead. And when you think of that, there's still literally billions of dollars that has to stay invested in the market. They need core exposure. So how do you get core exposure and downside protection? That's where this ETF comes into play. We're trying to give people that large cap exposure, think of the S&P 500, if you will, or the Russell 1000, minus the risky, more volatile, minus the companies that maybe have individual 
downside risk characteristics. So the philosophy here is to take a look at these companies, eliminate companies that have significant downside exposure. Maybe they have um, risky or, or aggressive accounting. Maybe they have lawsuits or um, SEC investigations. There's a number of things that could impact these companies from governance to uh, various different aspects of their business models. Get rid of those that are heightened risk, if you will, and stay at a beta one. That's what the strategy does. So individual companies you're gonna see in there, for example, some of its top holdings, Microsoft would be one of its top holdings, you know? This is a, a, for, uh, a company that I own personally, but that's also in the, in the fund for full disclosure. Um, companies like Apple are in there, Google is, is in there. So there's some tech companies, but then coming out of tech, you're gonna see Walmart in there, right? You're gonna see some of these other companies, consumer companies in there uh, across different sectors. Uh, there's the utilities in there. So you're gonna have companies like um, Duke or Southern Cal or what have you. So there's a variety of different companies in there and so think broad exposure, usually around 150 or plus companies that we may have in there, but again, with the protection of trying to eliminate companies that have downside exposure in this market. So have your core exposure and maybe have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Looking for those safe harbors indeed. Uh, quickly before we go, how do you see advisors and investors using SGLC inside a diversified portfolio? Well, this is where somebody, you know, they really don't have a crystal ball and they're not trying to time the market perfectly, what's gonna to happen tomorrow, right? It's, I need to have some exposure because let's face it, the market can run up and grind up at any time and you need that exposure and you want that core exposure. So this goes very, very well with other, you know, maybe you have some different style boxes, if you will, that you're clicking off. Well, this would be your core large cap style box that you wanna click off to be able to have that exposure as well as combating with other assets or other classes. So. This is, this is how I would use it from an, an asset allocation standpoint. David Harden, SGI, thank you so much for dropping by. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Investing in value stocks was made famous by investing greats like Ben Graham, John Templeton, and Warren Buffett. All of them significantly raised the profile of value investing and along the way amassed impressive fortunes. Well, a new value ETF that takes a similar approach by scouring today's stock market for deals has just been launched by Cambiar Investors. And here to discuss the fund is Brian Barish. He is the president and portfolio manager of the Cambiar Aggressive Value ETF. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So before we talk about your new actively managed ETF, what is the difference and potential advantage of actively managed ETFs over their passive peers? Well, you know, if you look at, at the universe of, of passive ETFs, most of them are indices um, or replicated index. So you, you literally own everything. Um, in an active fund, on the other hand, there's a lot of exclusion. You're only owning a few uh, positions. You mentioned Warren Buffett. If you look at Berkshire Hathaway, uh, most of their assets are concentrated in about eight or nine stocks. It's really not diversified at all. Um, so there is a lot of, of outperformance that can be had by being concentrated, but uh, obviously you have to pick the right stocks. Yeah, absolutely. So the Cambiar Aggressive Value ETF, and that ticker is CAMX, CAMX, is among your latest launches. Tell us more about the fund's holdings and investment approach. The Aggressive Value ETF is a concentrated strategy. We aim to keep the number of holdings in the 20s. 
Uh, and that means, by definition, we, we can't own everything. We're, we're, we're going to take some very specific uh, bets on individual stocks that we think are, are undervalued. Um, it's a, a bit of a best ideas strategy versus our uh, larger and more uh, diversified uh, strategies. And what we try to do is, is find stocks that are inexpensively valued, at least at the point of purchase, relative to uh, long-term financial metrics where we think there's a, a constructive upside case to be had. Can you give us a sneak peek on any of those holdings? What's looking attractive to you guys right now? Sure. Uh, uh, you know, we, we are going to find some things that are a little bit uh, off the, the, the beaten path, and I think that makes it, it interesting. So one, one name that uh, not a lot of people uh, know about, but I think super interesting, is a stock called Formula One. Uh, this is a, a company that basically owns the Formula One uh, league. It would be analogous to buying shares in the NFL if, if those were uh, available. Um, uh, there are about 18 Formula One races per year. The uh, global uh, viewing of those is comparable to the Super Bowl uh, in terms of how many people actually watch this stuff. And, and yet this is available at a, a market cap of about $17 billion for what's the whole league. It's, it's kind of amazing. So we, we think that's very undervalued. Um, looking at something a little, a little more uh, beneath the earth, um, you know, we're of the view that over the next uh, three to six years is not very politically popular, uh, but that we're likely to face some meaningful challenges in the supply of uh, oil. Uh, just because not a lot of people are, are investing in it. It's not that the oil isn't there. There's just not a lot of investment. Uh, that puts a premium on uh, Canadian oil producers, which have very long-lived assets that don't decline as rapidly as shale wells. So we've added just recently uh, two of the Canadian producers, Suncor uh, and Synovus, just as a flavor of what we're doing in the aggressive value strategy. Yeah, you've definitely got some diversity there. All right, how do you envision advisors and investors using Chemex inside a diversified portfolio? We envision two likely kinds of investors in the fund. Uh, the, the first is, uh, it is either advisors or individual investors that want to employ a core satellite model to their asset allocation within the large cap space. We, we know that large cap is a very, a very heavily indexed component of the overall market just due to the fact that it is an efficient uh, asset class. But if you're of the view that maybe you don't, just don't want to own everything and anymore, that you want to be a little more selective, uh, we can see uh, very concentrated large cap strategies like aggressive value uh, being satellites relative to an indexed core. Um, it is, at the end of the day, a rifle shot approach to investing. We're making some very specific bets and are excluding a whole lot of the market, which we just don't find as attractive. Uh, there are investors out there that just like that. They, they like the idea that a manager is going to let it all hang out and, and not try to own everything, not worry about whether they're going to track the, the benchmark closely or not. And, and we, we find that we have uh, some interested customers there as well. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Brian Barish, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you here on First Look ETF. Rising inflation has lifted commodity prices and joining us to discuss that along with a new pair of ETFs targeting the agricultural and metals markets is Sal Gilberti at Tucrium. Hi, Sal. It's great to have you with us here on First Look ETF. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. So for a long time, commodities have kind of been an overlooked asset by many investors. How have ETFs made it a little easier for investors to fill in the missing gaps these days? 
Well, I, I think commodities were overlooked because they were hard to access. So unless you were in the commodities business or traded futures, you, you couldn't really get them into your portfolio. So ETFs, you know, with their liquidity and transparency, they and ease of trading, they've allowed access, whatever's packaged inside of them, investors can now access very easily and use it, you know, as another tool in their investment toolbox. And we package commodities into these ETFs. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, plus, do you think people are kind of looking at commodities a little bit more now because the market has been so volatile as we look for these safe harbors? I think they are. And it's kind of odd to think commodities are a safe harbor, but it's proven that they diversify. Commodities zig when stocks zag, we like to say. And so if you if you take some of your portfolio and put it in commodities, they have their own fundamentals. Um, we always say when you're talking about food, people don't care what the stock market's doing or what the latest iPhone may be or who the president is. They still have to eat. And so commodities, they have their own fundamentals. Therefore, they serve as a pretty effective diversifier to a portfolio. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So your firm has expanded into the ETF market with a pair of funds targeting the agriculture and metals markets. Uh, your ticker symbols are OAIA and OAIB. So break it down for us. Tell us more about these ETFs. These are really exciting products. They are artificial intelligence powered. So what, they, and they're long short products. So we have, uh, you can get into the commodities long only. You can get into, you know, multi-commodity indexes, which, which are very good diversifiers along with your, your core stock holdings and bond holdings. And now you can get into long and short commodities through these products. They are artificial intelligence, meaning the machine, which can think and act and decide faster than humans, faster than a, a trading team of humans. Um, th that technology is being applied. It's multi-factor regression analysis based on history. And these, these funds are based on underlying indexes. They're passive funds that are only following indexes that have a six-year track history. We need to be clear, this is not a back test. These have been trading. The, the indexes have been published live for six years. They, they have incredible performance. They have less volatility than the overall stock market, and they have better performance since 2017 when they were started. It does sound very high tech and fascinating. Um, when you talk about agriculture and metals, give us some examples of what we might see inside of these ETFs. Sure. In the agriculture ETF, you may see a short soybean meal and a long sugar. These take um, very short-term positions, generally overnight for a couple of days, and they, they detect anomalies based upon uh, thousands of, of key data points and what's been done in the past over many decades, and, and it learns. So if something worked nine out of ten times, it'll make the trade. If it fails, it'll learn why it failed. And the next time when you go for that 11th time or 12th time, the machine will learn what to do and what not to do. It's really fascinating. And again, their track history is proven. It's it's there, it's live, and we just package them in an ETF to bring them uh, to investors. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. So who are we targeting? How do you see advisors and investors using these ETFs inside a diversified portfolio? Well, anyone can use them. What we're seeing is, is primarily advisors and institutions reach out to us, and they're looking at adding these to, say, a core broad-based commodity holding. If it will diversify them a little more, the because they're long-short funds, they actually have less volatility than overall stock market performance and overall commodity um, broad-based index performance over the last six years of their history. And so they're going to diversify. They're going to give you better risk-adjusted returns if you add them and they continue their performance. And we should always say past performance is not indicative of future results, but these do have very, very impressive track histories. All right, Sal Gilberti, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing more about your commodities-based ETFs. 
Thank you, Stephanie. So that does it for today's episode of First Look ETF. If you enjoyed the show, tell us in the comments section below and by hitting the like button. A big thanks to all of our guests, along with Douglas Jonas from the New York Stock Exchange. Be sure to check out ETFcentral.com to learn more. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.